for this, but I'm just going to say it because oh if I were the person saying this, it would be totally cool and all of these like Reddit betas would rally around me. I kind of, like nothing makes me hit like unlike or not interested quicker online than when I see a 20 to 40 something man on with like big headphone cans in a podcast studio. <laughs> and it's always... <laughs> It's always something like, whoa, whoa, so you're saying, you're saying if we go to space, you would not fuck an alien? Like, it's always like that or like something like pseudo-political or hyper-conservative masquerading as like the most intelligent way to think. And I'm just so sort of overhearing the opinions of just like any white guy with a beard and we're acting like it's gospel and they're all just hoping like, maybe I too can build what Rogan had. And I get that, like, I have a podcast, everyone has a podcast, but, like, I cringe every time I'm like, oh, there's a dude in a shitty t-shirt talking about ancient alien architecture. Yeah, it's... I'm good. We're at a point where anybody can get their their voice out there, and you know what? Everyone doesn't need to. Again, as someone who is right now speaking on a podcast, and like everybody doesn't need to. I'll do my friend's podcast, and there are people who are genuinely funny, but I think the problem is it's about quality, not quantity. And so it's just someone Mm. like, yeah, if you talk long enough, you might say something funny. And so it's just like, we're three friends from Philly. This should be great. I will say I, because I'm in multiple like subreddits and stuff and like Facebook groups for like independent podcasters and whatever. And so many times like a guy I'll post like, hey, me and my three buddies just want to talk. Like, what should we name our show? Like, what should we do? Like, we're just really funny together. And everyone's like, good luck marketing that dummies. And by the way, like you might be, like you might be really funny. And that's coming like um, Impractical Jokers. I don't know. I don't know those guys personally, and I don't know how funny they are on their own. But like, the show is funny, and there are plenty of guys who just like jerk around and do funny pranks. But like, they're funny. So like, cream rises to the top. But that being said, for every clump of cream at the top, there's like thousands of particles of sediment on the bottom that are just like, what about our opinions about how we low key can't get laid and are stinky? That's it. I'm just over it. I'm just over it. I'm over men, male opinions being like acmatic and like the highest power. Like, oh my God, a man said something or what he said goes. And I'm just, I'm not interested in like the male narrative for a lot of things. And I wasn't always like this. I'm just kind of at capacity. It's a show about a guy and he's just trying to figure it out. I'm like, I don't care. We've seen this. We've seen it. I think women are more nuanced and we don't, we, it's always like, can you talk about sex? therapy or why you're sorry. <laughs> I'm over it. Well, since this is your podcast, yeah, this is my podcast. All, Mine's different. Do you want to talk at all about your big weekend or are you saving that for the end? No, no. I shot my sixth Netflix special. Thank you very much to those of you who came out. Okay. This should be my bottom of the cob. Okay. 
I'm going to do it at the top. I've got other bottoms of the cob. You know what never okay. feels good is a mass group thank you. And by the way, special thank you <laughs> to the thousands of fans who came. Like, who's hearing that? They're like, oh, you're welcome. That feels so me. good for me. It's more like performative. Like, it's important I said thank you that way when they're trying to burn me down. They can't be like, she didn't say thank you. But nobody's like taking that to heart. That being said, I do thank you. Um, I think every artist is experiencing like a little little bit of a blood from a stone with a lot of gigs. Just, you know, if you were normally selling 5,000 tickets, maybe you're getting like 3,500 and some venues are great. Some are not, uh, some markets, but I really appreciated the enthusiastic crowd that came out. It was such a fun taping. My outfit was fire. Like it's the, I'm just going to say it. I think it's up there with Eddie Murphy's raw, like in terms of outfits. <laughs> it's a great okay. outfit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. All right, you know yeah. what? I don't need this. And uh, do you do you want to uh, weigh in on an AITA from your special taping? Someone Ooh. who was there has a question about uh, someone else who was there. Is that the segment? No. Oh, so that's not. This is not from Reddit. Okay, so yeah, this is a special edition. Now that now that we've opened the door, this has just been submitted specifically about your special taping. Special edition. The music is so good on this podcast. Honestly, every time I listen to the opening theme, I'm like, why does it work? You're you're drowning for no reason, but it works. Because that person is drowning in questions. Why? Like, help me. Why that person? That, that That's you, right? You're not playing a character in this You're song. asking me to explain why inspiration strikes and what art is and how art is and when. <laughs> and I'm just the conduit for, for brilliance. <laughs> I would love to hear this. Okay. Is it mean? Are you doing Highlight. something mean? No, okay, no, okay, I'm okay, not. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> AITA, I hated the special taping. <laughs> no. I have an AITA segment for AIA, maybe. I'll remain anonymous as it's not a super big deal, but it has continued to irritate me Ooh. today. I was at Eliza's sixth Netflix filming last night in Cleveland, which was beyond incredible, BTW. You never cease to amaze, Eliza. No spoilers. So anyway, as we were leaving our seats at the end of the first show, the girl seated next to me started to walk towards the aisle and just left her concession trash right on the ground. A box with some half-used nacho cheese, an empty can, and some greasy napkins. I kindly said, are you going to take your trash with you? Her reply was, don't they come through and get it? I was appalled. I really thought she might have just forgotten, but she had actual intentions of leaving her garbage behind for someone else to clean up. I mean, quote, they shouldn't have to, and even though the venue probably did a quick sweep between shows, everyone else in our row would have had to walk through and over her nacho cheese trash. Oh, she didn't even tuck it under the seat? No. Thankfully, she ended up taking it with her, but I'm sure she wouldn't have without my prompting. So was I the asshole for saying something? Thanks again for coming to Cleveland for this milestone event. Uh, And then this nice person said, if you'd rather not sully the Netflix special taping, totally understandable. I would have picked it up myself, but other people's germs aren't real cool these days. And that's a separate question, Eliza, for me of, I used to pick up trash like that I would see. Now I don't because of COVID. Am I being absurd? I think you also also don't pick up trash because there's just so much of it. So you're like, my back can't handle it. (laughs) Um, Sometimes Noah and I, if you see like a really flagrant piece of littering, 
I might pick it up, you know, but you can't be picking up everything and I get the germ thing. Chances are you're not going to get sick off of a plastic bag that was probably barely touched and discarded, but I get it. Uh, you're not the asshole. Um, that being, hmm, you're not the asshole. You probably made her uncomfortable. I think people think part of the, th- I, I'm not saying this is right, but I think people think part of the theater going experience as leftover by like movies is like you leave your stuff there. And I, what? I'm just saying, I think that's what people think. I'm not saying I would do uh, that it. That is what people think. But I, when I'm at the movie theater, I judge people who leave their crap there. You don't leave it in the movie theater, but like I, people do when I get mad at them. I bring yeah, it out. I, There's a trash can right outside. Is, bring it with this you. This is stupid. You should bring your trash. Part of being a human, since we all know that littering is bad and people shouldn't clean up after you. I think it's kind of like when you know you fl- uh, when you fly, um, if you have a billion dollars and you can afford a coach seat, you know, um, they're always like, please pick up trash. They come around at the end and they do it to make it easier on the cleaning crew who only has a few minutes and sometimes have to attend yeah. to bigger things. So like that cleaning crew is there in case you spilled something. That cleaning crew is mm-hmm. there in case you drop something, you didn't realize it or it gets left behind, but deliberately leaving it. I think it's less about someone being, I mean, they might be lazy, but I really just think it's a mindset. And I think if we were just like, please take your trash, people would. People don't, but I, I think, think if they're so- aware of it. Or your yeah, so you saying it to this person definitely probably made them uncomfortable, but I think it's good because I think they're going to think about it next time. 100%. And so I would say you're not the good asshole. Work. Don't worry about being asshole. It's like when I went to the Great Wall of China and there was I was like 21 and there was a tiny piece of cement on the ground from, in my defense, a recently refinished part of the wall. Like it wasn't ancient cement. It was like a new piece of mortar and I picked it up. I was going to take it. And this British woman was like, I'll never forget it because I was so embarrassed. She goes, what are you doing? If everyone took a piece of the wall, there'd be no more wall left. And while she's not totally correct because it was a new piece of the wall, she's right. You can't just be taking stuff. She Yeah. So, and I'll never forget that. And I, it wasn't that I was a bad part. You kind of don't think about it. And then you're like, yeah, I guess I can't take this keep. It's not like a shell on the beach, which you also like kind of shouldn't take. Depends on the beach. I spent... Depends on the beach. I spent so long. Every time I used to go to the beach as a kid, I looked for shark's teeth and I never found one. You never will. Taken it if I you don't it. go in deep enough. Never you never will. will. Also, you... In deep enough? If you keep going to lakes, you're never going to find a shark tooth. <laughs> I'm at the pool all day. I never see a shark tooth. I never... I did wear a shark tooth necklace as a child. Extra cool. Yeah, I think we all did. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a shark... It's a baby shark tooth. Um, hardcore. Let's do it. Let's get into these questions. All right. Dear Eliza and Emily, no need to keep this anonymous. My mom definitely isn't listening. So this is Alana. Okay. (laughs) As one Jewish woman to another, I couldn't think of anyone better equipped to help me manage my overbearing Jewish mother. I'm 27 and just got married in March to the love of my life. For full context, I have to bring you back to before I was even born. (laughs) Don't worry. I will keep it as brief as possible. My parents had fertility issues where my mom had a condition that caused late-stage miscarriages, so they went the adoption route and adopted me and my brother. They went through a lot to get us, and my mom was almost always a stay-at-home mom, so her identity is centered around being a mom, and she loves us a lot. Fast forward to today. Me and my husband are hoping to have kids, but we are worried about setting boundaries with my mom because she often tends to cross the line and overstep. 
The most recent example of this is this past May, I found out I was pregnant. My husband and I were so excited, but wanted to wait till later on in the pregnancy to tell people. Meanwhile, every time I talked to my mom during this time, she was constantly pressuring me and asking if I was pregnant, telling me I should tell her if I was, she should be the first person to know, et cetera. I obviously didn't tell her because I didn't want to risk getting her excited if anything happened. At seven weeks pregnant, I found out I miscarried. It was devastating. On top of it all, I was disappointed in my mom's total insensitivity and lack of empathy, especially since she had gone through similar challenges when she tried having kids. There are countless examples of her overstepping boundaries and giving me guilt. We live about 45 minutes away from my parents. My mom asks to see us almost every other week. She tells me things like, why do you hate me? Why don't you ever want to see us? She seems to understand that we have our own life and we are quite busy and social people. She begs us to come, stay, sleep over. But why would I do that when I live in my own home that is a quick drive away? She always makes me feel so bad about it too. I know it comes from a place of love, but it can feel like a huge burden when she puts all this guilt on me. And I'm worried it will only get worse. Do you need need a sip of water? (laughs) Did you hear it just going downhill? (laughs) Do you have any advice on how I can start setting boundaries with my mom now so that it gets easier once we start a family? Thank you so much. I'd be so grateful for your health. You both are the best. I honestly, first of all, just know this. I was going to say this only comes from a good place. That's so sweet. She wants to be your mom. She loves taking care of you. But it is unacceptable to say things like, why do you hate me? I will yeah. tell you, my mom sometimes, I'm just like, you got to give it a rest. But I, my mother is has never said anything passive aggressive. It's very direct. So I'm never, uh, she just says how she feels. That I was kind of okay with all of this. And then you were like, why do you hate me? You actually have to have a very Jewish come to Jesus with your mother. I don't think this is a Jewish thing as much as her just being your mom, but okay, whatever. Um, and you say to her, we love you. We want it. The miscarriage thing, uh, she's your mom. So moms are the closest to daughters. and she could have been there for you. That being said, you know, it's your story, you're right, whatever. And was she really insensitive after you said you had a miscarriage or was she there for you? That part's unclear. You simply say to her, we love you, but it's starting to really make it difficult to enjoy you because it seems like it's never enough. I'm newly married. We want to enjoy our time in our home that we worked hard to have. And I want my time with you to be fun. And I want you to be my mother. I don't want to constantly feel like I'm letting you down because that's how you're making me feel. You cannot say things like, do you hate me? Even if you're joking, because that's, I never even crossed my mind. And it's so horrific that you would even say that. And that's kind of on you. And then you can just put her on mute. She won't know. The fact that she's asking for you to come, you and your husband who live 45 minutes away, which is not a long drive. It's also not comfortable. stay in her home overnight, every other week. When you have a kid, she's going to be worse, 100%. So you just have to keep saying no. Like, we're busy. We are doing things as our little unit. We have plans. Like, you just have to keep being firm or not replying. Like, it's not like she's showing up. I also, like... Do you enjoy hanging out with her? Like Noah's mom lives about 45 minutes away and she's over here often and I love it. She, but then again, she's not my mom. So it's a little different. Um, do you enjoy it? Do you like the time when you hang out? Is it is everything cool when you do hang out and it's just when you're away? I doubt she'll ever change, but I do think it's worth you standing up for yourself enough and hopefully she'll, she'll hear you. Also, it's only 45 minutes away. It's funny. Uh... We've gotten that invite before too. Noah's family's like, Christmas, why don't you sleep over? And it's like, I would love that if I didn't live like 20 minutes down the freeway. 
So it's, a, and yeah. I think it's just, if you, you talk about empathy, she's just wanting like her little girl back. She wants you to be there in the morning and make breakfast. I think it's very sweet. It's on, it doesn't, it's untenable because you have your own bed and your own things, but maybe on a holiday you do it, you know, or maybe when the baby comes, she'll take the baby and you can, you can sleep over. She, you know, you can have time for that. But meanwhile, you got to explain how you feel. Yeah, I think it also depends what she's coming over to do. Like yeah. when when she wants to hang out, what are you doing? Like I th- when I think of, of like Noah's mom coming over, like I feel like she always has something that she's like coming by to check on something, or there's like something that they're doing. They're working on a recipe. They're doing something with the yard, the garden. Like she doesn't just come over and say entertain me. No, no, no. You so know, what's which the I'm quality? Yeah, is I'm wondering if this mom is just like come over so we can stare at each other and I can talk about how you don't see me enough. Okay, so that's it. Got to have some. You got to tell her how how much it's hurting you. She just misses you, but there's a a better way to go about it. You give me this look anytime. I'm like, here's why your parent loves you. You're like, I don't know. Fuck because them. you're so pro overbearing parent. People are like, this this person mm-hmm. shows up and they do whatever, mm-hmm. and you're like, they're gonna be. You're like, they're going to be dead soon. No, I just, all I'm ever thinking about is Eliza says that all parents are going to be dead soon. That's just constantly in my head. That's your catchphrase. If you're a superhero, you would you would land, you would fly down from the sky and you would land on the ground and you would go, your parents will be dead. Cool. Cool meeting a superhero. That really resonates with this audience. Second of all, when that weird lady gave her purses away to that one girl, I was like, who cares? And I've had plenty of ones where I'm like, your mom's a, an idiot. Get her out of your house. Mom needs to get a job. So we're talking about like light emotional lifting. Anytime someone's like an addict, I'm not like, let her do the drugs on you. Give me a break. Give me a break. (laughs) I'm always on the right side of justice. Hi, Eliza, Emily, Snow Peach, and gang. I love listening to the pod every week and can't wait to see your new Netflix special. Yes. My boyfriend of two-ish years and I just signed a lease and moved into a much larger apartment after living together for a year in my cramped one bedroom. The new apartment is wonderful, but we're almost two weeks into officially living together, and I'm now terrified I've made the wrong decision. My boyfriend, mid-30s, is a high-functioning, self-proclaimed alcoholic, which has created bumpy moments in our past. Example, a night where he got so drunk, he puked all over my bathroom and passed out on the living room floor when I had work the next morning. He's told me that it takes energy for him to not drink too much. But he's also said, sometimes I just like to be a little out of my mind. I, early 30s, hardly drink anymore unless I'm out with friends. My boyfriend has toned down the drinking a lot, like no hard liquor in the house, but I'm still uncomfortable. This past Saturday, I was at a daytime work event and came home to him five beers deep and playing video games. He had fed and walked the dog and granted it was a weekend, but a tipsy him triggered me. We got into an argument and he asked if he just wasn't allowed to drink anymore and that he's tired of defending himself when he wants a beer or five. This isn't the first time we've had this argument since he'll usually get tipsy or drunk when he knows I'll be away for several hours on the weekend or if I go to bed and he's still online playing video games. Am I a prude? I can't get through to him why it upsets me so much and I feel like a broken record when I explain his drinking, even just five beers, causes me anxiety. Um... Yeah, it's a new job where he gets three-day weekends every week, so he takes the opportunity to drink every night during his long weekend. Please, any sage wisdom on how to get through to my BF? Am I overreacting because of bumpy moments we've had in the past? Lots of love to the whole crew. Uh, Your boyfriend sounds like he needs to talk to a psychologist because he seems—if you are that stressed that you have to get that wasted, it's also super immature. 
in your 20s, you're going out, you're like, we got to get drunk. Like, that's how we behave then. He's in his mid-30s, yeah. which that doesn't, he's probably at the same maturity level as you uh, being in your early 30s. I know you don't want to hear me being like, why did you think it was okay to sign a lease together? But I, I understand you want to make it work. You're triggered by it because it doesn't make you feel safe. It doesn't make you feel safe and you're not his mother. It's not appealing. You know, you don't want to clean up your bathroom after him. And it's probably not an isolated incident. It's not appealing. He's on another like level mentally when he's drunk. You're not there. Um, I would call it quits because you also don't want to be the sheriff. Like, caught you drinking. Like, this isn't sexy. You don't want to keep tabs on him. This relationship is over. The death knell was him saying, oh, so what? I just can't drink anymore. Now you're like responsible for him. This relationship was over, is over. You don't even realize it. So either buy him out of his lease, figure out a way to move out. You're uncomfortable because it is uncomfortable. Yeah, it sounds like he's he's getting his stuff done, but the fact that he waits till you're gone and then immediately pounds a bunch of drinks, like he wants to be out of his mind. So when do you guys spend quality time together? Is yeah. he just, every time he's at home, is he drunk? By the way, just- if you both were like, let's get shit canned together Fridays, we love drinking, like that's cool. But the fact that you're just on different levels, that means it's an activity that you can't enjoy together that he loves for chemical reasons and that you're not okay with. That, yeah is an unsafe thing. It's not like he just loves playing basketball. Yeah, it's not healthy. He's going through something and you don't need to be there to help him through it. It's only two years. Get out while you can. This relationship is over. That's so gross. I'm wondering what happened for the year they lived in a one yeah. bedroom together besides him destroying the bathroom with puke. It's, that would be my biggest fear is that I just live in constant terror that he was going to throw up again. Then you get back in bed and like he smells and he's like snoring loud. Like it's just a lot to deal with. And then he's hung over the next day. And the fact that he feels he needs to go so hard like three days a week or two days a week, it's that's a lot, especially because you're not included, especially because he's playing online video games. I'm sorry. I think that's so gross. This guy has the maturity of a toddler. Move on. It's over. Figure it out. Sorry. Glug, glug. A couple months ago, I had my first routine colonoscopy, and they found a tumor. Yeah. Oh. We were all surprised. I was about to go, yay! I had no, and then you said tumor. No. <laughs> okay. We were all surprised as I had no symptoms. I had surgery. They got it. Now all is looking good. So I'd reached out to my friends and family that are my age to make sure that they get it scheduled and done. Yeah. When I told my cousin, she sent hugs and went straight to signing me up for her MLM supplement business. Cool. She sent me a starter pack, added me to a Facebook group for survivors that use these products and kept hounding me to set a time to coach me how to use them. How to use vitamins? No. You take them. Well- how to use that, how to sell them to other people. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. It's an MLM, yeah. I thought it so was. it doesn't matter if you. T- I thought she was just selling. Got it. Got it. I thought you was just, she was just yeah. selling them to you. Okay. To sell to other people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I'm not great at saying no. I'm a people pleaser. I just don't want to use it. I don't want to have the stress of someone micromanaging me for a testimonial success story. And she doesn't even have medical training. How do I tell her no without her turning it on me for not supporting her business? It's very funny you say this because. I'm going through the exact same thing with a relative, not about an MLM, but in my refusal to do something that does not align with my interests at all. I literally today was like, hey, like this is proving to be too much. This is just not my thing for a plethora of reasons. 
And they actually said, like, you just don't want to see me do well. And I was like, I, I was actually, I don't think that way. So I was actually shocked. And I was like, you're out of your mind and you're out of bounds. That's not it. And I actually just said, I'm not doing it. Thanks. Like, you have to be okay with somebody. Like, she's putting her issues on you. And not supporting her. It's like, you want me to buy a bottle of pills? Great. But now you want me to be like one of your minions and like make this my life. Like I have my own life. Plus you just had, there is no medical research to back up that these supplements help. It's all bunk science. You can support her by being like, hey, like there's verbal support too. Like, hey, good job. But you can, you can just put it to her and be like, so me supporting you means I have to work for you. And she'll be like, no, you're working for yourself. You're your own boss. Just be like, look, you made your $65 off the starter pack. That's what you wanted. Move on. Like, this is not my job. Yeah, you're you're not obligated to. No. I don't know why people think there's there's this like really sick mindset of these like boss babes yes. where they think they've built a business uh. and they have to support it. If I'm working at the store, if I'm working at like CVS, I'm not like, you better come in and buy some candy bars from me. But it's the same thing. You're not the owner of the business if you're an MLM. You are not the one getting those profits. The whole- like, Stop. Yeah, like that's great that you have financial independence and you worked hard, but whatever, but it shouldn't be built off the backs of people who are uh, friends, relatives, and like too afraid of you. So more importantly, you have to be okay with making them uncomfortable. And you simply say, hey, I don't believe in this stuff. There's no science to support this. I don't want to be a part of this. I'm glad you're doing it. I'm glad you're making money, but I should have said something earlier. This isn't my thing. I'm happy to pay for this kit. Like, if she did spend money, I'm happy to pay for this, but this is just not where I am in my life right now. And I wanted to be transparent with you about that. If she says anything other than, okay, she's a bitch. Who cares? Go to reddit.com slash r slash anti MLM. There's a lot of people talking about how they spoke to their relatives and whoever else to like various approaches to trying to kind of- Because yeah. well, what you're talking about, yeah. the f- like I'm hearing what you're saying, Emily, and I feel like these are very culty things. People yes. who are uh, have flimsy brains get caught up in this. And you know what? I get it. People want something to believe in. Here's a product that's helping people and I can make money and I can be financially independent. And it's like, great, that's for her. And she's trying to bring you in. And part of being in a cult is you get very angry at people that like refute your God. So Mm -hmm. you have to be okay with her just like randomly being angry. And in a year when she doesn't sell this bullshit anymore, she can come apologize and bring you a Scentsy gift bag. (laughs) You got to be okay with it though. Yeah. Eliza and Emily, I know you're a few years out from potty training your little pink tree frog. few years. I'm wondering what you do. Year? How long (laughs) is she supposed to be crapping herself? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe, Maybe it is. I don't know. I have to look it up. I don't know. Serious question. How long is she supposed to be grabbing herself? (laughs) Can a doctor write in? Can you wear a diaper until you leave the house? (laughs) I'm wondering what you would do in this situation. We started potty training Mia, two and a half year old female, (laughs) about about three months ago. She's doing great. Hardly any accidents and conquered peeing on the toilet pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Pooping on the other hand. She's only pooped in the potty three total times in those three months. She now holds it for nap time and bedtime when she knows she gets to wear training pants to sleep. Well, now she's constipated. Do I dare give her some kashi to soften things up and get things moving? 
And then in parentheses, asking for your comedic entertainment. Yes, I've spoken to a pediatrician on what is safe and when to come in for a checkup if need be, just in case the mommy Supreme Court lays their judgment upon me for asking such a question. I have to be honest. I don't think that's how constipation works. I don't think you can physically hold your poop for so long that you get backed up and it won't come I out. I think you... I think you can. I I think there are plenty of people who shit their pants. I think that's where the term shit your pants comes from is people who like could not control their buttholes. So I don't know if that's true. I feel like sometimes you don't do do it at the right time. It's not, it's not happening. Um, But eventually it will come out. Like if it's ready to I mean, go. Eventually, but constipation isn't permanent. It just is like. But she's saying it kind of, look, do not give your daughter this cereal. Do not give that to him. Here's why. Because I appreciate that you will help her blow it out now, but what you gain in physical confidence and comfort, you will lose mentally because she will be in therapy for the rest of her life because she will have been like intestinally violated and a child shouldn't go through that. Imagine how scared you'd be if you're a child and you don't have the words or the concept of what's happening yeah. to you when you eat it. I mean, it's bad enough. We want young girls to give birth in this country, let alone for a baby to give birth out of its butt. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think even conservatives can draw a line there. <laughs> That's where we can all agree. Let's all agree. Party lines. Blowing out a child's O-ring is <laughs> abuse. It's like Abu Ghraib abuse. <laughs> it's like Guantanamo. I'm just saying. All right. So don't don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, do it. Let us know. <laughs> Report back. Report back. Are you ready for AITA? Are you guys ready for AITA on AIA? A? Hey. Hey. AITA for scaring my sister-in-law with a cardboard cutout of The Rock. <sighs> my 32 female sister-in-law, 43 female, is super nosy. It's come up before, but she's one of those people that will just deny something to the death, no matter how much proof you have, and then get angry at you for not believing her. At my house, the guest bathroom is partially shared with the master bedroom. The toilet and sink are separate for guests, and then through a door, you can get to the shower, our closets, and another sink. Then through an additional door is the bedroom. Who built Basically, that house? You get into our- <laughs> I know. Our house used to be you- an old fun house of mirrors, but I put in a toilet and a I- bed. <laughs> I did look at a place where the two bathrooms were connected by a door, and I was like, what, so you can hold hands while you're in here? What's happening? Yes. So it- That's exactly why. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Basically, you can get into our bedroom through the bathroom without going through the main door. Got it. So when she comes over, she would sometimes take just a bit too long in the bathroom. During maybe the third or fourth time, I happened to be walking by the bathroom and heard two doors close. I asked her if she was looking for something in the bedroom and if I could help her find it. She replied with, no, why would I go in your bedroom? And then change the subject. The next time she was going to come over, I set something small behind the bedroom door so I could see if it had been opened by the small item being pushed back. 
later. I could see that it had been. So for me, confirming that she'd been snooping again, asked directly if she'd been in our bedroom, and she said something like, I don't care what's in your bedroom. Get over yourself. So yesterday, sister-in-law and brother-in-law came over, but before that, I ordered a full-size cutout of Dwayne Johnson, which I placed in our bedroom facing the bathroom door. About an hour into the visit, she heads into the bathroom. Very shortly after, there's a scream, a thud, and a door slam. She came out clearly angry. She'd been quite startled and slammed her upper arm into the door frame while turning away from the cutout. Brother-in-law made it worse by asking, well, why were you in their bedroom? Oh. But she didn't answer and they left. She's posted on Facebook that she has a big bruise on her arm as a result of my nasty prank. Cool post. People are saying she could have been hurt worse cool. and that she's too old to be the victim of a childish prank. I feel badly that she was hurt. It wasn't my intention, but I might be the asshole because I still think it was hilarious. Wait. Too old to be the victim, meaning the prank was okay. You're too old to, like, say that you're butthurt about it. <laughs> uh, you're definitely not the asshole. Your sister sounds like a real pill. Sister-in-law. Sister-in-law, and she's a compulsive liar, and she just sounds, like, kind of— She's, like, not bad, but just, like, a little shitty. That's all. I think it's—I don't—what does she think she's going to find in there? I think—I mean, we all like to, like— Open a drawer here and there. Take someone's jewelry. But after the first two times, yeah. the person whose house it is says, were you in my bedroom? And like, you take the hint. The fact that you didn't, this last time she wasn't even like, yeah, I went in there. She's like, I just don't want to talk about it. Look, people don't like to understand consequences. And tell you what, that's the definition of run up, get done up. Fuck around, find out. Told you not to. And you lied. You made it weird. She could have been like, I don't know. I just want to see your room. That would be my answer. I don't want to look at your room. She wanted to see what you had. I I was confused by this layout of your home. So I was just opening doors to see what happened. Totally. You could have lied and done that and said she's just like, I'm clamming up. She deserves it. (laughs) But you, it's your house. And maybe you want to decorate with The Rock. I had a life-size cardboard cut out of Aragorn in my bedroom in high school. And when people would visit or stay over, when you walk by my door, they would get very scared and startled because there's just a man standing in there. I mean, And it was great every time. It was great every time. She was being froggy and she got bit. And she's then that's it. And you know what? Oh, you I hurt my arm. Now she's playing the victim. I would actually, I know this person isn't listening. She's a pill, and this is the kind of person that like escalates stuff. Like, you know, in basketball, when like someone gets a foul and they have to act like it was a flagrant foul, like, oh, my arm. I don't like this person, these types of people. These types of people that are like, I did something wrong and I got hurt, even though I shouldn't have been doing it. Now it's your fault. Have some culpability. Be a fucking adult, you know? I I think it's so funny that she had to, that she screamed and then had to be like, I hurt my arm being startled by a fake picture of Dwayne the Rock. Also, Johnson. like, okay, like you could have hurt your arm in a myriad of other ways. Like, that's just I wonder life. how she put it on Facebook. If on Facebook she was just like, my sister-in-law played a nasty prank on me and then a picture of a bruise. You should comment. I was like, going to say. I set up the link to this Reddit post. Be like, I she got a bruise because I have a cardboard cutout of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And she was going to my bedroom for that's the right. fifth time to like look through my vibrators or whatever she's doing. She was going like, to my room to check out my full wall-mounted dildo collection, otherwise known as a Theragun. And... <laughs> Yeah, you should. In the comments, you should be like, "Why were you going in our room?" Curious. She just sounds like a wet blankie of a human. And then her husband ratted her out, like, "Oh, awesome. how'd you see the rock? Why are you in their room?" How'd like, as though, like, why were you looking at oh their personal private? The rock. Here's what you do: do it again next time. 
put the rock there so it scares her. But then while she's in there, put a cutout of Kevin Hart at the other door. So she- <laughs> <laughs> when you hear her scream, run up and place yeah. the new cardboard cutout. <laughs> <laughs> Because here's the thing about this woman. I bet she goes in your bedroom again. Yeah, uh-huh. 100%. <laughs> Other rooms too. 100%. This time she'll be ready for the rock. So you need to have like a bucket of water that falls when she opens the door. Like home alone. Yes, like Carrie. <laughs> pig blood. Like or just be standing there blood. when she opens it and just be like, "What? what is your problem? <gasps> yeah, be standing there with yes, a knife. Going through the other. <laughs> it's just like in The Simpsons when Homer appears with a knife and a, a Jason mask. He's like, Bart, you want to see my new chainsaw and hockey mask? <laughs> yeah. Bart, and he's got a knife and he's like, let me cut you a brownie. <laughs> Stand in there. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. What's she going to do? Be like, why are you in your bedroom? Why are you in your own bedroom listening to the dulcet sounds of me dumping out? I just, she had such right, a good, like, she was warned. We get it. <laughs> she was warned. No one in the internet thinks this person's an asshole, I think. And if, I'm not interested no. in their opinion. Because it's wrong. No. Go listen to some dude podcast if you want to hear the shitty opinion. Hey, Liza, Emily, sweet baby soap beach, Gracie, and regular tiny baby human. I am 35 female, and I'm getting married in September to another woman, 36 female. Yes. Context. My mom has a very high-functioning multiple sclerosis. Her disease has not progressed. She claims that she takes a holistic approach to her treatment. In reality, this is a thinly veiled excuse to smoke tons and tons of pot while also slamming hard seltzers and eating like crap. Mm. I come from a pretty unhealthy is that holistic? growing up. I don't <laughs> think that's holistic. I think she's just in denial. I don't think. Holistic's like, I do this MLM. Where I buy cordyceps in pill form from my neighbor. All right, go ahead. My dad was an abusive borderline personality and I haven't talked to him in over 10 years. I was able to still have a relationship with my mom because I kept her at an arm's length. Through my healing, I've been told my mom is a textbook narcissist. My sister's therapists have also come to the same conclusions. Yay, family therapy. When I announced my engagement, she lacklusterly responded, if you're happy, I'm happy. Problem. Fast forward to this year and I made an epic mistake of investing in a house where my mom could rent at a cheaper rate than she would have at any other place. I felt bad knowing she was on a reduced income and had nowhere to go. I also felt bad knowing that she would have to rehome two dogs. My mom has exacerbated this home renovation in every way. She would go into full-on rants and tantrums over text about how this was impacting her because she wasn't sure when she could move in. She came down to help for a week and talked to all my contractors and reprioritized their work because it wasn't what she wanted. She accused me of lying at one point that the house wasn't livable because a contractor told her something different. After months of giving up my life, doing nonstop renovating and physical labor, taxing myself emotionally, physically, and mentally, she informed me she doesn't want to move into the house because I will not allow her to smoke pot on the property, even though the property has a dedicated heated shed if she wants. She flipped down on me for putting this in the lease and called me cruel and mean. She said I would stop her from her having her medicine. Needless to say, this was the straw that broke me. I've been feeling increasingly like I needed to cut her out of her, my life like I did with my abusive dad. My wedding is in a month. Do I suck it up and let her come oh, after months? that's what this behavior? is about? Of course you let her come. Do I focus on Jesus my wedding Christ. and my day without her there? Her friends have texted me asking if I can even let her stay at the house a couple months until she finds a place when she was the one that reneged on the lease and still hasn't apologized and won't. Do I even consider this? I feel like at this point, it's just entirely unhealthy. Um, I have to say this. I don't 
weed to me isn't like cigarettes where it lives in the walls. I also think- It can though. Okay, it can. I don't know where you live. Like maybe it is super cold outside and it snows. I don't know. If your mother has multiple sclerosis, like even if she's a crazy person, that might be smoking weed. Like that is medicine. I don't smoke weed, but I believe- There's a heated shed. Yeah, I don't know. If you live somewhere and you need to smoke weed multiple times a day, you probably don't want to trek out to a shed, but this isn't about that. This isn't about that. This is about, in general, everything else that compounded it. If your mom was an angel and a saint and she was there every day and she was like, I need to smoke this weed, you'd be like, yeah, can you just crack a window? Like you would figure out a way around it. And if she was treating her body properly otherwise, yeah. but- I mean, I don't even the treating your body, like that's not even for us to judge. Like that's staring yeah. down the barrel of something like that that you don't get better from. This is about you, ex- and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just telling you, I think this is about you exercising control in the one place you have it because she has just railroaded you for everything else. She absolutely uh-huh. comes to your wedding. You already know your mother is limited. And as you have diagnosed, she's a narcissist. So- it's not like she can change or be better. It's not that it's excusable, but you will regret it if she's not there. And you can just give it very little oxygen and energy. And I would actually reconsider the weed smoking thing. But I understand where you're coming from. You're just kind of at a limit. She's being a total, she's being, you don't want her to be a liability, but just all those things. Yeah, and now that the friends are reaching out, like she can, can she stay with you after she totally flipped out on you and backed out of the lease? Like Let it her, seems like this woman is just awful to deal with. And at a certain point, you, you, I, I totally get just wanting to be like, you know what? You can go smoke at the shed. Get out of here. I honestly would have a like just have some, my bigger concern would be you let her stay in the house. Like, what if she doesn't maintain it? What if she does something or she doesn't, or you just let her smoke in the house? And if there's like, maybe you can get a deposit. I don't know. The point of doing this was because your mom had no money. So you did this whole thing and now it will be for nothing. I, I think right. you just need to I talk mean, yeah. through these things, but you, you just want the to be heard. The fact that she, she bought this place and is like renovating it. And the mom, it sounds like has been complaining every step of the way about this. Yeah. Really I, that's nice what you're upset that about. Doing. That's what you're upset about. Yeah. That she wasn't like, hey, thank you for it. She could have had critiques. That's okay. You know, it's going to be your living space. But you're saying, hey, like I've done a good job like raising myself. Dad's a crazy person. You're annoying. I'm getting married. You don't even seem to care. And she chemically may not be able to. And your mom is dealing with something awful and she's kind of being a bee. And I think you just got to say what you mean. But I would take another look at the weed thing just because she needs it. I would let her come to the wedding as of well. Of course, just let her because, come to the wedding. Just because it's like, let her come, but then maybe cut contact. Even if she moves into that place, have minimal contact with her, you know, send out repair people when you need to. Oh my God. Have her oh sign a lease. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so just, but definitely come to the wedding. And you can even have, yeah. take an aunt, take a best friend, be like, can you kind of be, what do you, what do you think she's going to do? Just be kind of a you, bummer. She's not violent. It sounds like your sister also knows what's up. So have your yep. sister kind of Mom keep Patrol. an eye on By the her. way, you're going to be up there. You're going to be having your vows. You guys are going to be dancing, eating, having axe throwing contests. Like it's you're going to be busy. You're not going to have time to think about your mom who will probably leave early because people who don't feel like the center of attention always leave early. Yeah, yeah. 
Hey, Eliza. Just wanted to say I'm a huge fan and a pharmacist. And I would. Just, and one Halloween, I flickered the lights on and off one day and told someone to take their medication on the last summer solstice. Thanks to you, <laughs> they loved it. <laughs> You're like, I was fired shortly after. Now I'm homeless. <laughs> <laughs> However, I do have a serious question. Would like some advice. I've been with my boyfriend, fiance, for three years. For 11 years, as of two days ago, I'm 27 and he's 31. Okay, together 11 years, fiance, three years. So you met when you were 16? 27, yes. Yeah, I did that math lickety split. Uh, (laughs) All right, you've been together for a very long time. We've been we've lived together for several years and have been living comfortably. However, since I'm a ph- pharmacist, I have a lot of student loans with COVID and everything going on in the world. We've delayed our wedding. My entire family, three older sisters, all married with children, parents, friends, etc., have all been asking me when we're getting married, and I don't have an answer. We're happy where we are, and we're not rushing anything. But I feel like I need to give them an answer, like I'm letting them down. Also, I want to plan our wedding, but I don't want to do the planning, and I also don't want a big wedding. But I do want to dance with my dad and have a nice dress, but not too expensive at the same time. Another note, my dad may have limited time to dance with me because he has MS and his balance is diminishing. How do I accomplish all this and tell them I want to do it on my own time? Is it okay to go small? Sorry, this is so long, but I know you want a lot of context, so I hope you can give some advice. Thanks. Whatever you do is fine. Do not get married just because you want the dress. If you are truly chill— with just the way it is, then they need to be okay with it too. As far as your dad, I would not rush getting married for that. You can have a lovely dance with your dad in your living room. Like, I'm just saying like this romanticized idea of like, I'm going to dance with my dad. Like he can also, he can dance and he could be propped up. You can be together. It's more important that you're together. I, I hear what you're saying. I think we tend to overly romanticize various aspects of weddings, half of which you won't even remember. We do this with life mm-hmm. in general. Um, and so, like, I always thought it'd be very cool if, like, I dance with my mom at my wedding and I vaguely remember doing that. It's such a whirlwind of a thing. Of course, it's okay to go small. Do not get married for anyone other than yourself. Talk to your- And, and your fiance. And do not go into further debt paying Ooh. for this. So- Maybe within the next three years, you know, like the dad thing, that's sweet, but don't, don't think about that. That's silly. Yeah. 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 Emily, and, Emily you, hates you say, parents. So she's right on board. She's like, yeah. No. <laughs> no, but you've been engaged three years, but it's been a pandemic for two. Yeah. So it's like everybody can back off. You could he, send him in a group setting. Be like, you guys, we have student loan. Like we don't, you could just say, we don't want to go into debt any further for this wedding. That being yeah. said. I don't know if you're, if you have like cold feet or maybe you do want to get married. You just don't want to admit it because you seem very wishy-washy. There is a version where like you really do. I think I hear like a little bit of it. I can't really tell because you're like, I do want to get married, but I don't. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be Mm-mm. in the backyard. It could be a lovely dinner. You have to get with your fiance and decide what are priorities for you. And if you want a nice wedding, you might just have to save for it. Yeah, and maybe now, maybe you want to do just something very small with your family now so you can dance with your dad and it's in a nice backyard with a nice dinner for everyone. And then in a few years when you've paid off your debt and you're a high-rolling pharmacist, you can Uh do something bigger. I don't think people actually do that. I could be wrong. I feel like people are always like, yeah, we're going to do something small. And then two years from now, we're totally going to blow it out. I knew someone that was like, we're getting married quietly, but then we're going to celebrate in various cities with different friends. I'm like, no, you're not. You'll no, make it not. to like one. People will cancel. Like, it's like when you take, okay, 
like Jody. I was gonna take her out for dinner for her birthday. Yeah. Her birthday is May. Uh, no, I'm saying go to Maya. When the fuck is her birthday? We'll, we'll call it May 4th. Um, so I was like, I'll take you out the next week. And then the place was closed. And then I said the next week. But then I had a thing. And we said next week. And then I got COVID. And now we're into late July. And it's like, I'm probably just not going to take you for dinner. It's You have to take her to it's dinner. It's too late. It's too late. It's too, it's, the, I, the moment's gone. I will say, I know people do like vow renewals, but I feel like that's the kiss of death. And so that's, that's tricky. Uh, <laughs> what is, I don't understand. When you renew something, it means it was running out. So you had to get more. So I guess that's why people I, do it. People do it. You see it all the time on like rally TV where you're like, you're doing this because things are struggling and you think you can recapture you're whatever talk, you You're talking about Vicky and Dawn 12 years ago on Real I Housewives. I don't watch that one. It happens more than that. I'm no. sure they did it on New York Housewives. On reality TV, Beverly they Hills do it because Housewives. they're like, we need content. What can we do? Nobody wants to watch you start a quote unquote business. Uh, some people do it. It's, I think it's like a nice excuse to be like, we love each other. How can this be about us, but also have friends and family and do the chicken dance? How can we do mm-hmm. the Macarena and also still be in love? Or every time someone asks you, when's your wedding going to be? Be like, well, how much are you giving us towards it? How or, much are you contributing to the wedding? Just be like, we had it. Where were you? You didn't get the Zoom link? There was a whole thread. I follow this like wedding shaming Facebook thing. And there was a whole thread of people talking about how do I ask my guests to pay for their dinner? Ooh. How do I word it in the invitation that it's $67 per person and they need to pay? That's exactly what you write. I did that. Well, and it, it worked. No. They were saying instead of gifts. And I was like, actually, I wouldn't be Great mad idea. at it. Just like, don't bring a gift, pay $67 I for your dinner and a party. That. I do that. I love that you get a free yeah. party. Also, $67, you're getting off cheap. $67 yeah. and you get your choice of chicken or dry fish. I want it. Yeah. Also. I do that when I throw friends parties. I write in the invite. I'm like, I know this is tacky, but it's okay because it's coming from me, not them. Please bring a gift. I have told people that I think that th- that you did that, like that. Yes, that I think it's so brilliant. Even I think for it's my such own good parties, idea. I've been like, I do love presents. See you soon. Don't you love? Me? Well, the fact that like you can do it for someone else and be like, mm-hmm. look, like I love that you did it for Jody. Let me tell uh, you, for anyone listening, because this might help. Here's some bonus content. My friend is not married and adopted a little girl, and she bought a house prior to that. And so I, it might've been the housewarming. I, it was the housewarming. I helped throw her housewarming. I told this story. Oh, I helped throw her housewarming and I sent out an invite in the spirit of that episode of Sex in the City where Sarah Jessica Parker is like, I don't want to take off my shoes. I spent so much money celebrating other people's kids. You should, re- I'm going to register for my shoes. Anyways, go back in the archives. And I was like, we all know and love her. We're celebrating her. She finally, after years, is able to purchase her home. Jody, I think I said something like, Jody has been at your weddings, at your kids' events, at everything. Please, like, think about this like a wedding and please bring a gift or register. She's yeah. registered here. Like, yeah. You got to celebrate people in the ways that they need celebrating. And it can't be, oh, because you're single or because you never bought a home that you don't get things. Yeah. You have to get celebrated. So I was just stood up and people did. No one was like a dick about it, but I was like, here's the Pottery Barn link. Yeah, no, I thought that was so brilliant. I have told, I have, since you've done that, I've told people, I was like, oh, Eliza did this really brilliant thing because I think it's just, it's so nice. Yeah. It's so important that people have hit different milestones and it's like, that's so impressive. Yes. It's not a baby. Right. Doesn't mean she doesn't want like a, Side table. Fork over those matching ivory-colored laundry baskets. Right. Fork over that tweed pillow. 
fork over that Miranda From anonymous modern like weird ladder that people hang Aztec blankets on. Fork it over. She has one of those like one of those ladders. It looks like a pueblo kind of thing, but people put like blankets on. Okay. So people or she? People do put it. Blankets it's like on a, it's it. like a design thing. They get like a ladder. You lean against the wall, made of twigs. You hang things on it. You hang your pelts. Hmm. Anyways, celebrate your moments. Don't be afraid. And if you need to get a friend who doesn't give a fuck to do it for you, then that's what you do. From Anonymous. Heard you two talking about batteries, and I wanted to let you know there's an easy way to tell apart fresh and dead batteries. Don't say lick it. I'm not doing it. A typical disposable battery fresh out of the pack will not bounce if dropped on its flat end from a few inches up. Oh. I normally use my desk for this. But once the battery is below around a 70% charge, it will start to become bouncy and stay that way. Some people call this the drop test. Okay. This works because a fresh battery contains a powder that happens to act as a decent shock absorber. But as the battery is used, chemical reactions harden the powder into a solid chunk of material. They can't do that anymore. Oh, that one's kind the of fresh. Test has saved, ooh, the drop test has saved me a lot of hassle anytime I accidentally mix new and old batteries. Oh, this one's okay. I don't. I didn't check to make sure this sounds was true, okay. but it sounds right, and I love it. I love that this person's like, anonymous, I have a battery tip for you. I like that. They also said... They also said, wanted to say Eliza's description of her recurring dream about not remembering where her classes are, forgetting what classes she signed up for, wondering how she'll prepare for exams. I have this exact same recurring dreams. Simply uncanny. I didn't even start having this dream until shortly after taking my last high school exam and they've never stopped. Mm. P.S. I'm the one in self-checkout with an entire week's worth of groceries. I'm there because there was a line at regular checkout. <laughs> and I'm there because. Look at that. Turns out we're not so different, you and me. Yeah. You and I. It's all the... Love the basics. Love bouncy battery baby, who I totally thought was a dude, but now I think is a girl. I don't know. Just Based on the name, I don't know. Bouncy battery Maybe baby. Either. Bouncy battery baby. Thank you, bouncy battery baby, for your service. Bye bye, bouncy battery baby. Bye bye, bouncy battery hey. baby. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> hey, AI crew. Your pod has kept me company on countless commutes and road trips. After many years of listening, a few breaks, and a lot of binging, I'm finally caught up. What better way to celebrate than to write in for the first time? Love that. That's I'm so cute. I'm so happy to have found you when I did. You've been such a foundational voice in my teen, mm. early, mid-20s. From drilling into our heads on how important teaching people how to treat you is and letting go of the dead weight that refuses to follow they refused to follow that to preparing me years in advance on how to be the best bridesmaid. June 2022, it went great. <laughs> I'm looking for some help on how to best navigate a situation. I'm 25 female. In April 2019, I moved to Phoenix, Arizona. Your show earlier this year rocked, but you knew that. Oh, so fun. I wanted to move out of, out of my hometown, and my decision was in part to get a little closer to some family I have out here. Grandparents, aunts, and uncles, some cousins. Context. When my mother was in high school, her mom died. My mom made some friends, two siblings, my aunt and uncle, and their family ended up taking her in and essentially becoming became their third child. My mom died when I was three. Aww. Some stuff happened, and ultimately, Aww, that makes my dad. So when my dad decided not to keep a relationship with this family, okay. I did not know them at all until I turned eighteen, and I was then able to connect with them on my own. September 2019, my grandpa died. I got to really get to know him for six months. He was an amazing man. It's a loss that still affects my grandma so much, so she has canceled on a number of events, including my most recent birthday dinner. She also never responded to me when I sent her some nutcracker showings that we should try going to. She's been saying for years now that this is, that this is something she used to take my mom to and that we should go sometime. Mm. After years of hearing how awful it was to not be able to watch me grow up or be a part of my life, 
it hurts to have this be missed. There have been some other instances like this involving the whole family, and I'm just so hurt that I keep getting passed on like this. I know this family loves me so much, and they are an amazing group, but that doesn't excuse everything. I'm just not sure how I should go about telling them to do better or set clear expectations of what I need them to show up for going forward. Please help. Love, KT. So you didn't know them till you were 18. And then moved to be near them and now was trying, was like reconnecting Aww. and is like, hey, you know, you used to take my mom to the Nutcracker. Why don't we go to the Nutcracker together? And the grandma is just kind of like not replying. I mean, it sounds like the grandma, like emotionally, maybe that's very hard for her. Like, can you do something else with grandma? Start a new tradition. Yeah. And, and do the Nutcracker later when you guys have some of your own traditions that aren't just heart getting back that's, to kind of this, a lot. this life she's lost. Oh, that makes me want to cry. That's so sad. Um, yeah, because her husband's passed, her, her daughter. daughter like, like, she probably doesn't want to think about her little girl. Like, that's so rough. I think it would be really therapeutic and helpful if you one-on-one said all of this. You were like, you're the only family I have. I understand you know, you don't want to go out to things, but it would really, I think it'd be really nice if we could, if, like Emily said, like start our own traditions. Maybe every two weeks, like on Monday, we go to something, but like, I'd like to capitalize on the time that I do have. It wasn't my fault that I didn't get to know you guys growing up. I, I think people will be very touched by that. And I don't think I would take it personally that like people are busy or whatever. This is what happens with families. Mm-hmm. And Maybe they do need to get you know better, uh, get to know you better. The other side is, what if you have a terrible personality and they're like, oh God, don't know about her. I'm like, what if you're just off? No. You just keep talking about being an anti-vaxxer. Uh, I would do it one-on-one or with the group and just very emotionally, no accusing, just be like, I would just love if we could spend more time together. You're my only family. And, and just put it to them. Like if yeah. there's anything you'd like to do or you could have some suggestions, people probably don't realize how they're making you feel. That's all. Right, or that this, they've all like been together for the last however many years. They They don't realize what an outsider you feel like and how much this would mean to you because they're like, oh, we're sick of each other or whatever. And then, I mean, grandma's still got tunnel vision. Her husband just passed six months ago and you're saying how deeply it affected her. I'm sure she's having a hard time thinking of anyone else. Don't worry about the nutcracker. Don't make it about you. I'm not saying you're a bad person or anything, but that might be a little hard. Have a little bit of empathy. Maybe even do it in a group convo. Just to show them, you know, it's okay if you get emotional too, if you could pull a few tears. Just that like, hey, I'm like alone in this world and I'm here and I bet you it's not as bad as you're thinking. I think you're just feeling kind of slighted, but don't come from that place. Yeah. Only yeah. you have to lead with your intention. Not you guys uh-huh. left me out. You guys aren't calling. Don't make it about what they haven't done. Make it about what you want to do. Yes. <sighs> I just floored so many people. They're like, oh, I gotta write that down. Noah always talks about being outcome-oriented, and I'm terrible with that because I'm always like, no, this asshole needs to hear what he did. And he's like, what outcome do you want? I'm like, I want this person dead. He's very good. (laughs) And when you're outcome-oriented, makes you calmer. Mm -hmm. It's also really good for dealing with idiots. Like at TSA, you're just like, cool, what do you need me to do? And they're just yipping at you, and you're like, okay, okay, okay. Like, let me just get through this. Yeah. I I got scolded at the Cleveland airport. And uh, I didn't do anything wrong. And I, I snapped. But I got told to keep my hat on because there are children here and they don't need to see all that because he thought he was being funny. And I was like, I don't know if I like it better when you think you're being funny and I'm your captive audience. Or Who are you talking about? Me. At TSA. What's wrong with your hair? The guy's like, I, I, he was just like, he thought it was funny. 
I don't Stop. know. I was just like, well, okay. he was like saying something to everyone. Like he was like insulting this old lady. Like I was just like, what? You this know what? You're like roast. You're open mic. You're roast. I, I, yeah. I don't know. At least he had a sense of humor. We were at Barrier in the Morning, Leveling, Leveling, Cleveland. And they were doing like maneuvers with like a drug dog. So they were having people walk up like through TSA all the way up to the metal detector and the dog would like sniff you. However, then like obviously they're yeah. training this dog and like, I don't care. Yeah. I didn't have that many drugs on me. And so we walk. And so she is barking. She goes, walk two at a time, side by side. And she looked like the trunch bowl. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. You're <laughs> yelling. You shouldn't be allowed to yell in the airport that early. And the light should be dim and they should only be playing Tony Braxton. Like, why are these fluorescent lights on like sun stun and they're just like pumping <sighs> through like Maroon Screaming. 5? Like, I, oh my God. So we are walking and I'm with Bonnie and I walk next to her. But eventually you get to the metal detector where only one can pass through. So I went ahead of her and she goes, no, you got to go back and redo it. I go, what? She goes, I said walk next to each other. I was like, this is the military. Like, I go, we did. I go, we did. She goes, you walked ahead of her. And then the next thing you hear is just, ma'am, ma'am. And you're just like, I, I started, my heart started pacing so fast because these people yes. cannot be reasoned with. And I didn't do anything. So I come back through and she goes, now walk. And I walked so slowly deliberately oh, no. because I knew I'm like you didn't say how fast you didn't say how slow so I walked like one foot in front of the other and she goes you can walk normal and I looked at her and I go I am walking normally this is how I walk <laughs> what are you gonna say you're gonna you're gonna shame me for my disability oh my god it was I was shaking it was so jarring I can see how people like traffic stops get out of hand like you're a regular civilian who does not who was not in the military and people are just screaming at you. I can see <laughs> how someone scary. would yell at a cop. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm still upset. I was like, whatever you need to well, do to feel gonna... awesome. Okay. Oh my God. I'm so let's do top of the cop, bottom okay. of the cop. Okay. So you can I know roll someone... right into your next complaint. Someone's probably listening. They're like, don't shame her. She was so, she, it was like she picked me out because I had a pink hat on just to be like extra B. It was so unnecessary, especially like, you pay for clear and pre-check and you fly so much and it's just like, you fucking idiot, get in line. You're like, I'm just trying to leave your city. And I was so nervous that we would get stuck there and I'd have to see her again. And I like held my breath until wheels up. It was like Argo. <laughs> like I just had to leave. I just wanted to get home. <laughs> She's running after oh the plane, God. hanging on with her teeth. You didn't walk. I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't walk. Goose step, lock step with my... Friend, <laughs> maniac. Top of the cup. Okay. It's the top of the cup. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cup. My bottom is, I guess it's just like general anxiety for no reason, and it bothers me. Like I'm just like, why can't I just have a nice day? It's like, well, because like this director didn't hire you. Also, you didn't get this person. Like. I wake up thinking about these things and it's like, can I just have a nice day? Can I just spend a time with my daughter and not be thinking about the six things I haven't done? Like, can I just get, I just shot a Netflix special. Can I have a break just for a moment? I think everybody feels that. I don't know. It's just general anxiety about nothing. And it hits you yeah. like at dinner and you're like, well, I guess there goes me enjoying my life for the next two hours because I'm upset about something yeah. someone said to me 
five years ago in a general meeting. <laughs> anyway, what's your run on the cop? My bottom on the cop is people out here walking too slow. I was at Comic-Con over the weekend, yeah. and I screamed at an old woman because I was so wow. upset. It was the last you day. You screamed? And I, was, no. I screamed. I had been muttering to myself. The booth next to ours had been playing the Footloose song because it was a clip from, it was Netflix. Oh. Actually, your friends at Netflix were the booth next to ours playing a clip show 24-7. One of the clips repeated over and over was the Umbrella Academy dancing to Footloose. So I just had my, I'm just like walking along muttering to myself like, everybody cut, everybody cut. <laughs> and I'm carrying my backpack and my suitcase, I'm trying to get to somewhere where I can call an Uber. This woman in front of me is just keeps stopping and walking so slow. And I'm like, why are you stopping? You said that? What are you doing? And she turns around and she's old. And I'm like, oh, no. And then I just kind of ran around. And I don't think she spoke English, which was good for me. Because I was like, oh, thank God. I don't think she she turned around and looked at me kind of like, what? And I was like, oh, God, bye. I just, everybody's so slow. That, it's such a panicked feeling yeah. to just be stuck in a crowd yes. of people. And that's all Comic-Con is, is being stuck amidst people that are just plodding along. They're looking at their phones. They're like staring at the ceiling. They're digging through their little bags to look at their little figurines. And I was just like, move, please, please let me through. It's people just sort of wafting through. Unfortunately, we do have to begin canceling procedures on you because you admitted you yelled at a woman who doesn't speak English, therefore asserting I your white dominance. And I know that's what you were I trying was. to do. <laughs> no. I was. And also the fact that she was older devastated me. I thought she was like a young lady that was just walking like a fucking no, idiot. And then again, I was like, oh no. This goes back to culpability. You can't, you got to walk like you're in public. Yeah, And this goes for people that like get off walkways or escalators. They're like, oh, just check the tag on my underwear. Yes. Yeah, you got to move yes. people. Because people it, just stop. Well, it's like, it's like you can't. In traffic, you have to go with the flow of traffic. You can't just yeah. stop. Yeah, people are in their own worlds and it's not going to, it's only going to get worse. Uh, my top of the cob is the hair that I had for my Netflix special was like my dream hair. Like in many ways, it's the hair I've been wanting my whole life. It was wow. 90s and 2000s and like ravey and like festival-y and like soft and pastel-y and like my little pony, but still chic. And will there be a photo or is it a surprise reveal when we see the promo? I don't think there'll be a photo. I like posted one or two pictures that you don't really see it. I like, I'm a big, like, let the art come out when it comes out. Don't leak it. I just really yeah. enjoyed that hair and it was so heavy. And we like made it day of Castillo, my hair guy, who's awesome. And he made day of, and so it's like pinned to my hair and it looks so good. And I like didn't want to take it out. And then once I did, I saw what my real hair looked like under it. And it was just like a turtle turd of a braid wrapped around it. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> a turtle turd. Anyway, that was my top of the cob was my hair. It was very exciting for me. Not the not the nub, but the not the nub. Hair. Not my trunchbull nub. Two words. <laughs> Three words. Pastel blue braid. I sent you a picture. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was cool. Yeah, you got a lot. I'm of hair. just wondering when the when the people get to see the people. The people have to wait because it's all it's a part yeah. of the art, you know. No, I agree. I feel like seeing it in context will be much more fun because you really create like a vibe in your shows. Uh, My top you. of the comp, even though I was at Comic Con and met several actresses that I adore, um, 
Uh, my top of the cob is reruns of Rizzoli and Isles that I found myself watching in the hotel room on Lifetime and crying from happiness. How is this not your top of the cob every week? It might. Here's the problem: is I was sitting there watching. Are you ever? Do you ever like watch a movie and then you just find yourself like kind of tearing up? It happens to me a lot yes. on airplanes. Uh-huh. I'm just like I'm so happy to be watching nope. something. Nope, that's not why it happens. <laughs> not sad happiness. It's and the I was it's Rizzoli the altitude. It's the altitude. Well, maybe. I was maybe overtired and stressed from work, yes. sitting there watching Lifetime that definitely was cutting scenes out, like to fit more commercials about like shows where frog frogging happens, you know, pH frogging, where someone's like living in your attic. Anyway, no, they cut it out because Niles. it's inappropriate. Like nobody wants to see someone get butt raped on a plane. That doesn't happen in Rizzoli. No, I'm saying I was watching it in the hotel room. Okay. And they cut it on Lifetime. And I was just sitting there like tearing up. Like, I love Rizzoli and Isles so much. I'm so happy that they're happy. It was not, it was not good. I was like, this isn't good for me. I'm not, but I was happy. Okay. I was texting you photos of my TV of Rizzoli. I I have a real like mental blind spot when it comes to you and women in media. I'm just like, okay, there she goes. Like, you would cry any... I don't know. Like, if you ever meet Angie Harmon, I'm scared. I don't know. I would love to. I. You love to what? You'd love to do what? Meet her. Meet her with my mouth. (laughs) No, I told you. I just want to look like... I want to look like Angie Harmon in Resilient. I want to look like I'm a detective from Boston that's really mad. And this copyright... You know, now people are like, oh, cops are bad. And shows are making cops look approachable, but we hate cops. And this, and then this show, I'm like, I do want to be friends with a lady cop. Here's the thing. When I go back and listen to these episodes to improve my hosting <laughs> qualities, I always say to myself, wow, Eliza, you don't listen to Emily enough and you cut her off. And she says stuff, but it's just so hard for me because in the moment, the second you bring up TV, I like move it into the delete pile. <laughs> I was telling someone the other day how impressed I was with the references. Am I, I feel like in this episode, I'm just talking about how much I talk about you. But I was telling someone how <laughs> funny it is when you'll pull a reference and be like, oh, what were you watching? A Charisma Carpenter movie? And then I'm so impressed you know who Charisma Carpenter is. Oh, I appreciate like- that. I want you to know it's not special to you. One of the best parts about being a comic is like being a jack of all trades and knowing a little bit about everything. And nothing gives me greater pleasure when I'm talking to someone and I know something specific about like their niche thing and watching, especially a guy who be like, how do you know what the color blue is? I'm like, nah, I pay attention. I read. <laughs> um, it is very fun. I mean, that's your, that's your brilliance in your comedy is your specificity. Got You got, you know, who's really good at getting specific. You got to get specific. Um, Patton Oswalt is very good at that. Mark Maron's mm. very good at that. I like, you got he it. He was at the Netflix booth. Yeah. He created a backup and then a woman yelled at all Mark of Mark or Patton? Patton. He does a lot. Because he's in the Sandman. So he was back there and they're like, walk, 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 don't stop, walk. All right, all right, and gonna, I was like, <laughs> are you ready for this to end? I didn't sleep last night. I took a red eye. I didn't go to bed. I haven't slept. You so that's what's happened here tonight. Can't let them on put the you on red eyes anymore. There's no reason to race back home. So like cold. it's just it's also just not right. You don't you don't work in like life-saving medicine. Like you can take a regular I get have a nice to get back. Oh my god. Uh it's cold. Folks, folks, this is coming out this Wednesday. So if you want to come see my gala at Juste pour Rire, just for laughs in Montreal, just to be clear, my gala is me hosting, presenting comics you may not know, comics who are up and coming. Um, and, uh, I am the host. So it's my gala. So it's like me. I have a gala. I know 
Other big comics have galas. I'm not positive who all has them, but it's I'm doing two small sets. So I'm not, you're not coming to see me do my hour, just so you know, but my outfit is beautiful. And then the next time we're seeing you guys all is New Jersey. We're playing Prudential Hall at New at the NJ Pack on Friday, August 19th. And then, aha, big winner. Borgata, oh my God, resort. <laughs> the, I, I don't have to say resort, everyone knows what it is. Borgata, August 20th in New Jersey. And then we got a lot of fun dates coming up. Um, and I'll be in and around town doing a bunch of abortion access funds, fundraisers, stuff like that. And, you know, you come see me and then I'll see you soon in Canada in September. A lot of dates. Takesaliza.com slash store. And don't forget to pre-order my new book, All Things Aside, because it's out in October. Also remember, a dog's mouth is the best place to spend your time. <laughs> 